Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Yes, as the uh, craziness continues, it's been a week, uh, election week. It's been something, that's for sure. But we learned a lot of lessons. Like, we got to get out the vote. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This hour, uh, going to talk to an author about his new book, which uh, really does ask the question, you know, do you want to save this country? Drew Allen's going to be with me. He is, his book is called America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Uh, which is an excellent, excellent question that he asks. But here's a, here's a couple of things I want to I want to share with you right now so the um the 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 question of the police state and everything that's happening in our country a lot of the like what's mayor eric adams for example right so the fbi rated mayor eric adams and did he take money from turkey and did his people take money from turkey Uh, maybe i don't know but the point is this mayor eric adams came out and was highly critical of the obama administration biden excuse me biden administration for their stance on immigration okay they the border being wide open total freaking mess and new york city's had to deal with that illegal immigration housing tent cities and taking kicking people out of hotel rooms and it's been a disaster and he's been very very critical fbi raids his house fbi raids his phones it takes his phones his tablets raids his car kicks his security detail out goes into the car with him and takes all his devices now did they know eric adams was corrupt is eric adams corrupt i don't know but the point is this is to send a message it's the same thing with menendez i know menendez is corrupt everybody in new jersey knows menendez is corrupt but when menendez was first indicted way back when they knew he was corrupt then the reason why they did it was because they wanted to shut him up over the fact that he was critical of the original Iranian nuclear deal where Barack Obama gave Iran billions of dollars. Second time around, he's critical of Joe Biden giving Iran billions of dollars. So he gets raided and now he's indicted. I'm not saying that he's innocent. I'm just simply saying that without question, these guys are in a position where they have confronted the administration and the administration turns around and says, fine, then we'll come after you. We'll come after you. And that's what you see happening in this country. And a big part of the issue is that they want everyone to cooperate. 
They want everyone to be good. They don't want you to get out of line. One of the big things that I I see all the time with, with this particular administration, whether it's going after moms at school board meetings, whether it's going after people that pray in Latin at mass, whether these things, all of these things that that happen happen because we as people have turned around and dared to speak out. And so the government turns around and says, we're going to push back on you. And even if it doesn't work, even if we, the government doesn't shut us up, then the government has succeeded, though, in at least intimidating some people to be quiet. And that's a lot of it. That's a lot of it. I'll give you a great example. Mark Houck. Mark Houck in Pennsylvania. Pro-life father Mark Houck is now suing Biden's Department of Justice over the arrest and the raid on him at an early Sunday morning. I've had Mark on the show. He's a great guy. He's a he's a pro-life activist. He's a Catholic. He's a father of seven. And he was acquitted after the Biden administration targeted him or where they said he shoved somebody at a Planned Parenthood facility. 20 armed FBI agents stormed his Pennsylvania home in front of his children. He was put in shackles. He had to do the uh, the perp walk in front of his kids put in shackles, and it was designed to send a message. The government knew they had no case. The government didn't think they were going to beat him in court. The government didn't think they were going to put him away. There was no evidence. There was no, there, the, the, this was such a minor issue. It was, in, fact, in fact, Larry Krasner, the kook district attorney of Philadelphia, declined to prosecute Mark Houck because there was no real evidence that he did anything wrong outside that Planned Parenthood clinic in Philadelphia. And you know that if, if Krasner could have gone after him, he absolutely 100% would have. So what does that tell you? But the Department of Justice targeted Mark Houck because they wanted to send a message and they wanted to make that message very, very clear. Yeah, you know what? We may not, we may not get you behind bars, but we're going to make your life a living hell. We're going to make you spend money on your defense. Now, in his case, he had people that helped him with that. But we are going to drag you out in front of your friends and neighbors. And we're going to make a point about this. And the effect that that has is a chilling effect on other people to be quiet and stay in their lane. And that's what the government does. When, when, when Mark Houck was acquitted by a jury, very quickly, by the way, he was acquitted. It was a quick trial, and he was acquitted very quickly. When he did that, when that happened, people said, good, yes, bravo. But at the same time, understand the message was sent. The point was made. The point was, mess with us, and this is what we'll do to you. They targeted Mark Houck, who leads a nonprofit group that provides sidewalk counseling at abortion clinics in Philadelphia. This was over an incident from 2021 involving his then 12-year-old son. The family says that, that Mark Houck, who was facing 11 years behind bars and fines of up to $350,000, Mark said at the time he was defending his son from a harassing pro-abortion activist. Imagine that 11 years in prison. They, they used it. There's, a, there's an act called the um, Access to Abortion Clinic Act or whatever, whatever it is. And that's what they charged him with. So they went after him for that. So he filed a suit Monday in court. He's seeking $1.1 million for malicious prosecution, retaliatory prosecution, false arrest, abuse of process, and assault. The lawsuit describes the infamous arrest as unnecessary and unlawful show of force and infringement on Mark Houck's First Amendment rights. They used excessive force to arrest the activist on nonviolent charges when he had not threatened law enforcement, did not own a gun, and had offered to turn himself into authorities if indicted. 
His wife is seeking $3.25 million in damages. The problem, though, is that the government will turn around and they will claim that they have immunity. They'll say that they have immunity and you can't do anything about it. And, and this is the other problem is that the government will abuse its law enforcement powers and they'll turn around and they'll go, ah, what are you going to do? We got immunity. We're the government. We can do whatever, whatever we want. That's what they're going to say. And, and, and this is an uphill battle for him to face because too often the, the way that the, the interpretation of the law is right now, when it comes to this idea of sovereign immunity, it, in, unless a judge has said that that conduct by the government, by law enforcement is wrong, they can do it and not face any consequences whatsoever. Now, his wife is suing, saying that she has had numerous miscarriages in the wake of the traumatic arrest due to severe stress and PTSD and now finds herself infertile. Mrs. Houck has also shouldered the emotional distress of caring for her seven children and their individual needs as they each process the trauma from these events. The children continually come to her crying and suffering from nightmares. They slept in bed with her and her husband for the first month after the arrest, and they continue to ask her husband for help the children are triggered whenever the situation is brought up or unannounced guests arrive at the property imagine that you hear knocks on the door at your house right you get nervous thinking my god is this another raid is this another uh, fbi raid but but it's done on purpose it's it's done deliberately this is why merrick garland sent out that school board letter the time that he did because he wanted parents to shut the hell up and he want he wanted to remind people don't forget what we can do to you and so it makes somebody think twice. Well, I don't want the FBI coming to my house. I don't want a big SUV coming, even though even though I'll, I'll win. I, I didn't do anything wrong, even though I'll have to. I don't want I don't want the fight. I don't want the fight. Everything was on video. The, the entire incident was on video. Krasner's office reviewed it and found no basis to pursue charges. And in, and this is what they said. It's all on video that hasn't stopped Planned Parenthood and the Biden administration with no prior warning. And in spite of the fact that Mark is represented by an attorney, Biden's Justice Department sent a fully armed SWAT team into a home full of young children at daybreak to arrest a father for protecting his son. But it was very deliberate. It was a deliberate intimidation tactic by the government of the United States of America. And they do this all the time. Now, will anything happen to Giuseppe Costanzo, the Fugazi candidate in New Jersey who caused the Democrats to win in that district? No, nothing. Nothing will happen because there is no it's not equal justice. It's the government decides who their enemies are and they go after those people. And then then when the government decides you are a friend, then they'll use the police state powers to protect you. That man who was sought by the FBI for his role in January 6th surrendered after they had tanks, helicopters, SWAT teams. Gregory Yetman, 47, turned himself in Friday morning in Monroe at the Township Police Station. And he is, this is all related to January 6th. I don't know exactly what he did on January 6th, but this is what was the wanted by the FBI. This is what they said. Assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers, obstruction of law enforcement during civil disorder, entering and remaining in a restricted building or grounds, Engaging in physical violence in a restricted building or grounds, act of physical violence in the Capitol grounds or buildings. 
Gregory C. Yetman is wanted by the FBI for his alleged involvement in the violence at the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. A federal arrest warrant was issued for Yetman in the United States District Court, District of Columbia, on November 6, 2023, after he was charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding certain officers, obstruction of law enforcement during civil disorder, entering and remaining in a restricted building or ground, engaging in physical violence in a restricted building or grounds, and act of physical violence in the Capitol grounds or buildings. Now, this guy is not accused of actually hurting anybody. But again, that's the point. The point of sending heavily armed SWAT teams and tanks, they tanks going after this guy in the woods, helicopters, dogs, all of it is just to send a message. It's just to send a message. They went to his house and he fled. They had an arrest warrant and he fled. Now, I imagine that he probably would have at some point come back. They could have said, all right, you know, be on the lookout for this guy. But instead, they treated it like it was the movie First Blood. We joked about that on the show yesterday. And he's John Rambo. And let's get everybody and let's get all the toys and the long guns. And let's go out there and freak the entire town out. Freak everybody in the community out. Schools are closed because of the teachers convention. However, private schools are open. So let's go in and let's freak everybody out and make them and make them nervous just so we can show you how much power we the government have. This is what governments do. This is what our government does all the time. They, 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 there were other ways to handle this, but it was a point. This guy is a January 6th insurrectionist. He was in the Capitol building. When he wasn't supposed to be. So for that now, because he didn't, he fled his house when they tried to serve him an arrest warrant. We are going to act like we are going after now Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber. And we're going to make it very, very big and very, very uh, prominent. Because how can it not be? How, how do you how do you, you have tanks in a small Jersey town and the woods and guys with long guns and SWAT teams and canines and helicopters? And you think it's the, it's the guy who escaped from prison. How do you not make that a spectacle? That's 100% a spectacle. They, they don't need to do that. They want to do that. They, they do that for a reason. That's why. This is, that's the point. <laughs> the process is the punishment. It's like with Mark Houck. The process is the punishment. For Mark Houck, putting him through that was his punishment. The government knew that they weren't going to get a conviction. What do they care? You know, if you're an attorney in private practice and you lose, that could cost your income. People might say you have a bad track record. They may not hire you. And it's your time. Your time is valuable. You bill for that time. The government doesn't worry about billing. The government doesn't worry about time. The government doesn't worry about running out of lawyers. If they pursue somebody and they don't get them, it's okay. They got him. They still got him. They still got Mark Houck. They still got Mark Houck. They didn't put him in prison, but they made his life a living hell. They, 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 They mentally tortured him and his family. They achieved their goal. The government achieved their goal which is to remind people that this is what we can do to you. And nothing will come of this. I mean, I'm glad he's suing, but don't think he's going to get millions of dollars from the federal government because the government's going to turn around and argue that we've got immunity. We were acting, we, we, had, we had full justification to do this. We had a warrant and he's got no case. And a judge is going to agree with them. And this happens all the time. And civil liberties are abused. He will not win this case. I'm not an attorney, and, and, and I pray to God he does. I would love to see it. I would love to see him win this case. I would love to see it. But the odds are very, very slim here because to go after law enforcement, when unless that conduct has been specifically barred by a judge, the government is given immunity. 
That's it. That's the way it works. That's how it works. It's a system that needs massive reform. It enables the government to abuse its power. It enables the government to target citizens. It enables bad cops on the local and the federal level who can then just turn around and go, ah, you know what? I, I, I have immunity from this. There's nothing you can do about it. So you, you can sue and, and should because you, you should make the point of doing that and let other people know what you're doing. But when the judge turns around and says, how oh, the government was just following its procedure. The FBI is getting a new headquarters. I don't know if you know this or not. The FBI is getting $3.5 billion for a new headquarters. Reason.com has this piece. After more than a decade of debate, government officials chose a location for a new FBI headquarters, replacing the J. Edgar Hoover building that has stood in downtown Washington since the 1970s. The new building, which will be located in Maryland, will be able to accommodate thousands of agents and is expected to cost billions of dollars. The government has long advocated for a new building, with the Government Accountability Office noting in 2011 that the building was nearing its life cycle. But the question that I have to ask, particularly Republicans, is you're giving them this beautiful new home and you have reformed nothing. You've reformed nothing of their abuse and the abuse of the Department of Justice. You've reformed nothing. The, the, the FBI was actively engaged in trying to stop Donald Trump from becoming president. Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, on and on it goes. And they have abused civil liberties of, of American citizens. They have lost their charge, which, which was at one point a good charge to go after like, like real criminals with Tommy guns and things like that. And they spy on American citizens. And nothing changed. And they... No ramifications. In fact, in addition to not getting any ramifications, not a, no one getting fired, they got a brand new facility. Brand new, beautiful facility. M- my question is, does anyone in Congress have any cojones whatsoever to say to the Department of Justice, you want a new facility? I'll tell you what. In order to do that, we need people prosecuted, who violated civil liberties, who spied on American citizens, who tried to actively stop Donald Trump from winning an election and then tried to undermine him. And, 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 the, and the question that I have is, with all of these federal agencies out there, what is the role of the FBI? The mission has grown in response to evolving threats and now includes counterterrorism, counterintelligence, weapons of mass destruction, deterrence, and cybersecurity. And there's a lot of other federal agencies that also have all of those other powers and responsibilities. So again, I have to ask the question, knowing that the FBI goes above and beyond that and uses its powers to target citizens, to target politicians it doesn't like, knowing that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and again, I'm not talking about the agents in the field necessarily, but certainly talking about the people at the top, uh, are, are very, very brazen about working with big tech, for example, to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. To, to control information, misinformation, and disinformation, and spy on citizens. Why are we rewarding that with a beautiful, brand new, shiny headquarters? Why are we not cutting budgets instead of expanding budgets? And the reason why is because Republicans have no cojones. That's, it. that's the bottom line. I mean, that's, that's the reality. I, I'd love to tell you differently, but that's the truth. Listen, tomorrow is Veterans Day, and Dr. Mike Venaria would love to see you at his office in Cinnamonson, New Jersey, to say thank you to our veterans 
And it's also a free community shredding event as well. I'd love to see you there. Dr. Mike Venaria is my dentist, and he's a great guy. And every year, he salutes our veterans with a veterans breakfast free for all veterans and open to the community. There'll be breakfast pizza and coffee and great camaraderie. And, of course, we will thank our, our vets for their service on Veterans Day. Dr. Mike is the best. He really is. He's the master of dental implants. And with two offices to serve you in Cinnaminson and Woodbury, he's there for you and your family. Just like he's there for me and my family. So reach out to him today. Just go to VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. And come see tomorrow morning at his Cinnaminson office located on Riverton Road in Cinnaminson, New Jersey, for the Veterans Breakfast. And he also, like I said, has another office in Woodbury as well, right over the bridge, easy to get to. And when it comes to a smile, your smile, you only have one. So make it count with my guy, my dentist, my friend, Dr. Mike Venaria, VenariaDental.com. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. All right, America's last stand. Is this the chance to save our country? Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today on a Friday. It's a very, very busy one, of course. And that is the question. Can we save America? Is there time? We're here to talk about it with me. Drew Allen is vice president of client development at Publius PR, and he's author of America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? And he joins me now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Drew, it's a great question you ask. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hey, it's great to be with you. It's one that we should all be talking about every day until the election next year. And there's a lot of work we all have to put in uh, to make that happen. But it is possible. All right. So the, the question really is, and I mean, you are one of America's rising conservative stars. And, and, and obviously, so am I. So it's good the two of us are talking here on a Friday. It's important. Uh, you, you, you lay out a very compelling case here of where America's heading and what we've been through. And what I really appreciate about your book is that you, you, you say this is the essential lead up to 2024. And I'll first begin by saying this. There's a lot of people right now who are bummed out. You know, the results on Tuesday were not what we were hoping for in our region and across the country. They're, they're worried about Democrats cheating. They're worried that, that people have lost faith. The first question I have to ask you is how do we, we reassure people and convince them they need to turn out, they have to vote? Yeah, that's a great question because, uh, and I'll answer it, but I do, I do have take issue with people who are really, uh, spreading a message that it's, it's 
useless to vote now because of cheating and so on and so forth. I don't disagree. I'm not somebody who says we can't talk about the 2020 election. We should talk about it because it happened. And of course, the, the left doesn't want us to talk about it because they just want to get away with it. And look, we've seen evidence now in Connecticut, for example, you had a mayoral race just between Democrats and the judge threw out the results because guess what? The Democrats tried to steal it from another Democrat. And what was the judge presented as evidence that they convinced this judge to throw the case out that said this, this was, there was cheating. Well, it was what we showed in 2020. It was people putting a, a bunch of uh, a ballots in drop off boxes. So look, right. cheating's real, but we have to control what we can control. All right. Look, it's up to states. It's up to Republican legislatures to do everything they can to shore up the ballots. But you know, really the Democrats, given what they've done and what we're experiencing now, even if they cheated, we should have such numbers on our side that it becomes impossible for them to even get away with that. Now, I understand people will say, oh, well, 2020 drew overwhelming. You know, how, you know, we, we should have won. Trump got, you know, nearly 10 million more votes in 2016. Okay, fine. But we cannot give up right now. And we have to convince other Americans. Well, what happened in the statewide elections? Look, I mean, what the reality is, it wasn't as bad as a lot of the media was saying. It wasn't great either. But I think like Rich, for me and you and your audience, as people who are saying, we look and say, how can anyone vote for any Democrat after what we're, we've, we've seen uh, from this administration and everything else? But unfortunately, not everyone's listening to your show yet. Not everyone's listening to me. So we have to be activists. And the Democrats beat us at that. Yeah, they do. They do. You're right. And they do. And that and that's the thing about early voting and absentee. What used to be absentee voting is now is now a regular course. I mean, voting in person three weeks earlier, voting by mail, drop boxes. I, it's my opinion, Drew. The Republicans have to embrace all these things. We have to embrace every advantage we have. And we can't just wait till Election Day because the stakes are too high. And Democrats are very good at getting people out to the polls. They've proven this. And I saw this on election night in New Jersey. I was looking at the early returns before they had even started reporting from the districts. They had uploaded the results. And already Democrats had a leg up in almost every race just based on early voting. So I, I've been saying all week, Republicans, we have to embrace this. We, we, we just we got to move past the model that says Election Day is the only day and period and that's it because i live in the real world you live in the real world you know you have a whole preface in your book santa claus isn't real uh which of course he is if my kids are listening of course he's very very real but the point is that we have to embrace reality and we we have to embrace the system that we have exactly and you bring up a good point look what did the democrats do the democrats under look who wins an election it's based on voter turnout the per i know this sounds stupid but Whoever gets the most votes wins. So Democrats understand that you might have uh, uh, periods of time because their policies suck that people aren't excited to get out, right? So they might lose elections in the past because there's more enthusiasm on the Republicans, like the Tea Party days, right? So Democrats see this and say, they say, well, we got a fix for this. Let's just move to mail-in ballots and we can make it legal to harvest them. And we solved our problem. We don't need anybody to go anywhere. We will actually go to all these Democrats' homes and apartments ourselves and and we'll pick them up and, 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 and cast them for them. So this is how they think, because victory is all that matters. And we need to embrace a little bit of that ourselves. And now I think, and I saw this in 2020, I, I saw Donald Trump had better numbers with the black vote uh, than any Republican in a very, very long time. You have a whole chapter in your book about this. The black votes matter. Black votes matter. You talk about how welfare is slavery. And you even have another chapter devoted to the Democrat Party's racism industrial complex. Yeah, this is one of the astounding things. You know, an analogy 
I make several times in the book to point out the absurdity of this lie many Americans believe that's been told by the Democrat Party that they're the party of black Americans and that, you know, conservatives or Republicans are the party of, you know, anti-black discrimination and racism. Well, imagine if the Nazi party, instead of being disbanded and outlawed after World War II, were permitted to continue to exist. And imagine that Nazi party, you know, elevated a few Jews here and there in their ranks, and they preached to the German people about the original sin of anti-Semitism, that they said that, you know, Germans had rate, had uh, anti-Semitism in their DNA, and that only the Nazi party could absolve them of that sin. I mean, you would laugh. I mean, it's, it's so sick. But that's what the Democrats have done in America. And they've understood since, you know, the history of it briefly, you know, basically right before Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, in the, back in the, the, the Hoover days, uh, the Democrats realized that they they – they could win elections with a black vote and they could not win any elections if they lost the black vote. So a curious thing happened and they pandered and you know, the, the black vote did shift and it's more, it was more because of economics than anything else. Um, and, and then of course, lie after lie was built and, you know, Democrats opposed the, the Republicans movement, you know, for decades and decades to actually pass civil rights legislation and then, of course, uh, they woke up at some point and said, hey, we're going to lose the black vote if we don't do something about this. And they kind of hijacked our movement and took credit for it. Um, and, and that's kind of where we are. But obviously, they've done more damage to the black community than anyone else with their welfare and so on and so forth. So, you know, the welfare and what they've done now with the school systems and, and, and you know, also creating policies that, that leave uh, fatherless homes uh, that are just a plight in black communities. These are legacies of the Democrat Party. And so, you know, you can say, okay, well, they, they set them free, you know, uh, legally with the Civil Rights Act, but really they just chained them again with, uh, with welfare. Yeah, well said. America's last stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024? Drew Thomas Allen is with me right now. And to that point, you have the, the DEI issue. And, of course, the indoctrination that's going on in college campuses right now, too. That's prevalent. That's everywhere. And Republicans and conservatives, libertarians, have to overcome this and push back on this. But it also goes a step further, too. And I, and I think that we have to, we, we have to convince people that they can speak out and not worry about being canceled. And, Drew, we, we talk about this all the time, you and I. Uh, the government is weaponized against us. The government does a, a great job intimidating people. They intimidate corporations. Corporations intimidate their employees into saying the political messages that they want to hear. And there's a lot of people that think like us, but they're afraid to express their opinion, exp afraid to express their mind. I think you talk about that a lot in, in the book, and, 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 and that is a, a, an absolute threat to democracy. So I'll give you an example. I mean, but his mean tweets, right? Donald Trump, the mean tweets. I think there's a lot of people right now, let's take suburban women, because I keep hearing about the suburban woman vote, who have spoken out uh, publicly on Facebook and social media and other other. Uh, instances about the fact that they don't like curriculum in schools they don't like the transgender policies around their children and they've been called bigoted they've been called hateful i think trump can empathize with this group of people because everybody now has experience being called a bigot or intolerant in, in one way shape or another that's a great point um you're right the very people who uh, didn't like his tweets and so on and so forth and kind of uh, bought the, the media propaganda where they said he's racist, sexist, you know, so on and so forth. Well, they've gotten a taste of that themselves now, and they realize that it's really just an empty bullet. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing in there. It's just, uh, it's, it's BS, frankly. And, you know, I, don't, I, I just, I don't believe in this kind of defeatist attitude so many people have about Trump and so on and so forth. I mean, 
I talk about in the book too, but the problem with Trump isn't Trump. It's, it's, it's kind of weak need conservatives and Republicans who they don't, you know, he was willing to take the slings and arrows of abuse for us. But when it comes down to them aiming them at us, if we're Trump supporters, we kind of cower. Yeah. So it, it's, it's a truism that goes back to your middle school years where, you know, it's a popularity contest in some ways. And uh, it's changing a little bit. I know people who were never Trumpers who now support him vehemently. But in the past, you know, you get around Democrats and there's this narrative that Trump, you know, Trump's a bad guy and you're ashamed to defend him. And you get around people that have this conversation. You might be a Trump supporter and you don't speak up. You don't say anything. And I mean, look what they've got uh, to offer as an alternative. Joe Biden or even any other replacement for him. I mean, we've got, I mean we should be proud of Donald Trump. Agree. I, I agree. And so let's talk about that. You 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 mentioned in your book, uh, if <laughs> Trump versus Biden, if uh, you write it, if you have a problem figuring out whether to vote for Trump or Biden, then you ain't American, which, of course, is a great paraphrase <laughs> of Joe Biden saying then you ain't black. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and it is that simple. I mean, I try to explain to people. I, and I, I talk about it in the book, of course, but I say, you know, remember when Ronald Reagan, I mean, I, I don't remember this, I'm 36, right? But, you know, remember when Ronald Reagan uh, had his one and only debate with Jimmy Carter and he looked into the camera and he asked the now famous question, are you better off today than you were four years ago? Well, look, we lived under the Biden presidency. We've all lived under the Trump presidency. And no American, if they objectively ask themselves, am I better off today under Biden than I was under Trump? You cannot say you're better off under Biden than Trump. And that should be the this should be the easiest election ever, um, because by every metric, whether it's, uh, you know, national security, the border, economics, uh, you name it, we were better off. I mean, the difference is, you know, under Trump, we had it so good and the, 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 the media told us we had it so bad. And now, you know, we have it so bad and they tell us, you know, that we have it so good. They tell us we have it so good, but people feel it. They live it every single day, Drew. And I, I mean, I feel it every day. I, there's a story about uh, Americans' credit card debt uh, piling on and the price of groceries and everything else, inflation not coming down. And I think a lot of this, though, is deliberate. I mean, I, I think high gas prices, for example, is deliberate. The, the, the climate change cult, and you talk about this in your book as well, the climate change cult and, and this belief by Democrats, is, it really is a, a, a backdoor way to destroy capitalism, no question about it. About it and we had a big success in new jersey recently when they defeated the offshore wind turbines which are killing whales and dolphins and would have destroyed the view and everything but at first when people heard about the project they thought oh this is great this makes a lot of sense then they realized they're going to have to pay more for their rates they realize the government is, is, is has to prop up billions of dollars to make this happen and they see dead whales and dolphins out there i think that when americans find out hey look if you want a gas-powered car you're not going to be allowed to buy one you want a, a natural gas stove in your home you're not going to be able able to put one in i I think fundamentally people are are starting to realize that the climate change bs is just that bs it's a way for a lot of people to get rich and a lot of ways for them to strip away our freedom it is i mean it's, it's just another form of marxism i mean repackaged just like race relations and critical race theory and all that it's uh, it's communism, pure and simple, and it's anti-capitalism. That's exactly right. And if you listen to what they say, I mean, they pretty much come out and say it now, uh, but it is a hoax. It is a scam. And, and, you know, my big fear and my big warning in the book is, I mean, I tell people this is what's going to happen to this country if we don't turn around in 2024. And I want to be clear, too. I'm not saying that reelecting Trump in 2024 solves all our problems. It's the beginning. But if we don't do that, 
we won't have uh, gas-powered vehicles. I mean, this is the reality. I mean, this stuff is happening right now. I mean, this lawless administration, you know, they get told by the Supreme Court, hey, you can't regulate, uh, you know, emissions at coal plants because you don't have the ability or the, the, the legal authority to, you know, eliminate an entire industry like this. And they just go and they give, they order the EPA to do it again. And so, you know, they've already given the order to get rid of gas powered vehicles. I mean, and this is fascism, of course, too, but it's, it's a scary, scary time. Drew, it is a scary time. How, you said you're in your mid-30s. I mean, the other thing that I think Republicans are often cynical about is this notion that uh, young people are just not with us. And one thing I will say is that Republicans should do a better job of reaching younger people where they are. And this is a point that I think Vivek Ramaswamy has made very, very well. You know, a lot of young voters, a lot of young people, they're using in TikTok. We, we, can, we can talk about banning it all we want, but they're there. And Democrats are reaching them there. And I, and I got to wonder, you know, are we making a mistake by not embracing social media more and, and still doing the old school way of, of putting television commercials out and putting uh, mail pieces in the mailboxes? Yeah, you know what I think it is? It's an attitudinal adjustment. And, you know, there's this kind of attitude that it's cool to be a Democrat and it's not cool to be a Republican or conservative, which I think conservative defines me and you more, but we have a two party system. What are you going to do? Um, but, you know, we're like afraid to communicate. We, we have this fear that, that hangs over our heads all the time where we're we're kind of uh, timid about uh, talking about our policies, even though our policies are are correct. Uh, they're effective. They're pragmatic. They work. Um, but, but we have this thing because the, the Republicans don't fight back. I mean, look, it is so much more attractive to be a Democrat. I'll admit uh, you're shielded. You know, if you're AOC, you get put on the cover of Vanity Fair. If you're Melania Trump, you're one of the hottest women that ever walked the earth. You don't get put on the cover. I mean, you know, I mean, this is how it is. Right. So they know how to attract people. And and we don't do that. And, and look, look, the Democrats will circle the wagons to protect their own people. What do we do? We do a, cir- a, a circular firing squad. So who it's like we got backstabbers in our party. We don't stand together. It's it's a mess. Uh, but but the thing is, the, the Republican Party is the party of Lincoln. We were literally born to deal with the issue of slavery and combat the Democrat Party and, and the Confederacy. So we have a great legacy and their legacy is crap. It's it's they have a sordid history. So we're the ones who should be proud. They should be ashamed to say they're Democrat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's amazing to me. And I, I say this all the time. The fact that the Democrat Party has not been canceled. I mean, literally canceled with all the canceling that goes on in America. The fact that the Democrat Party has not been and you made this analogy earlier in the interview with the Nazis. I mean, it, it, it really is just uh, amazing that they still exist. But a big part of that is and I think you're right about this point is that the Democrat Party just ignores their past and they all all circle the wagons around each other and rally each other. Republicans do a lot of infighting. I, 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 but on that, on that point, though, I have to say I'm so far very impressed with the new speaker, Mike Johnson. I like him a lot. I like the fact that Republicans are saying we, we demand that any funding for Israel is going to be set apart from Ukraine and we need to find the money for it and we're not going to just do these up or down votes. I hope that that continues because I think it's what the conservative voters in this country and, and even a lot of moderate Republicans Republicans, I think they demand these things. They do. And to me, that particular move in terms of separating the funding for both, I don't know. I mean, I hope they were thinking this way, because to me, that's what I would have done, because it's strategic. You know, you have to use your power to expose Democrats and weaken them. 
and obviously, you know, legislation sometimes it's not going to go anywhere, but you do it uh, to expose them, right? It's a, it's a chess game. And so by doing that, of course, he outs the, the uh, hypocrisy, the stupidity of the Democrat Party, because what? OK, so you're anti-Semites. You actually you guys won't support Israel, but you'll, you'll support Ukraine all day long. So we have to do things like that. And the Democrats are better at uh, they outmaneuver us a lot of times, too. And of course, they're lockstep together all the time. And, you know, we we are engaged perpetually, it seems, certainly since the Reagan years uh, in this battle with the rhinos. And, you know, it's been that way. Like even when Reagan was president, you had rhinos and they said they couldn't wait till Reagan was gone. And as soon as he was, there was going to be no natural place for uh, Rich Zaoli or Drew Allen in the in the Republican Party. So they've been trying to kill us for a long time. Yeah, no, no question about it, Drew. Well, congrats on the book, America's Last Stand. You can order it now at Amazon.com. America's Last Stand. Will you vote to save or destroy America in 2024 from one of America's rising conservatives, Drew Thomas Allen? There's a lot of great stuff in here, my friend. Congrats on writing it. I hope everybody gets a chance to read it and take these messages to heart. So thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Richard. Good man. And uh, we got a lot more to talk about here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT on our fourth and final hour of the show. Make sure that you uh, remember to mark down December 15th live at the Grand Hotel for our next and last show of the year. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I, uh, I want to make sure you're there because if you miss it, you are definitely, definitely going to be left out. And I don't want you to be left out, all right? It's very important that you join us for that. Uh, with that said, I got more to talk about today on our, our show. Tucker Carlson's interview going on about cancel culture and how the government of the United States of America targeted an American citizen for making a meme, a mocking meme. It's just completely outrageous what's happening in this country. You got to hear what Tucker had to say with the guy known as Ricky Vaughn, who was out there just trying to make a joke. And that follows up the question that I've been asking all week. What happens to Giuseppe Costanzo, the Fugazi candidate who wound up turning around and stealing votes from the Republican in the 4th Legislative District of South Jersey, giving the Democrats the win. Does anything happen with him? Nothing. But yet, the guy known as Ricky Vaughn on Twitter is facing hard time in jail. We'll be right back. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.